0: Hello, and welcome to the Good Robot Andy's Season 7, Episode 7, or the Sevens. My name is Andy Balam, and this is
1: Andy Cockerill.
0: And I think maybe we're talking about some media tonight. The media that we're, we're talk- talking about tonight is
1: um, We're talking about a movie, and that movie is called Bait. Bait. Bait.
0: And, yes. Um, based purely on the title, with no okay. prior thinking time whatsoever. Okay. Um I I can, I'm going to tell you the plot and the characters of this film. This is a um mockumentary <laughs> about um that bloke who does fishing documentaries.
1: Fishing documentaries. That was
0: also in an act- like some kind of series that people liked. It's one that you like oh the older ladies tend to like.
1: The older um one for the older ladies. Yeah. What's his name? Um Fishing Documentaries. Or was he in a band? <laughs> I don't know who you're talking anyway,
0: about. oh man, I wish I... Uh, it's not Jason Isaacs, but he's someone a bit like that. Um,
1: some, okay, that'd be interesting. He's on Twitter, so we, we should definitely hit him up and say, are <laughs> you one him. for the older ladies? <laughs>
0: he, he is one for the older ladies. But um, it's not him. Anyway, that one, okay. out of that band, maybe out of that band that had a long-standing number one.
1: Uh, Pink Floyd?
0: Anyway, so... <laughs> Yeah, Pink Floyd, that's it. No, no, it's not. <laughs> okay. Um, it's a mockumentary featuring someone who's normally in a real fishing documentary, but this is a mockumentary. Okay. Uh, uh, of them doing a fishing documentary. Hmm. Um, and then it's, it turns out that it, what it actually is is a romantic comedy.
1: And uh, not a mockumentary?
0: Well, it's a mockumentary that, that has a, a romantic comedy plot.
1: Oh, okay. So it's meta like the office yeah okay so it's meta so it's sort of um there's there's a movie within a movie going on no
0: no it's just that the plot of the mockumentary is yes these people falling in love over a fishing rod
1: a fishing rod
0: or over a flapping not dead yet A fish. flounder a flounder yeah
1: <laughs> or a skate maybe
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, okay. Uh, I mean, the question you've got to ask yourself is, if this film is not that, why has someone not made that film?
1: Well, I would pay to watch that movie that you just described. Right. I mean, you'd uh, pay to
0: watch almost anything.
1: Mm, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah,
0: doesn't but maybe, really maybe
1: not to the Maybe not to the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although, have I ever walked out? I've never walked out of a... Cinematic screening
0: the the only uh, film that I remember yeah. seeing people walk out of yeah no I saw there was something recently that I think some people walked out of mother
1: well that's understandable,
0: but the one that I saw people walk out of was train spotting, okay I think they thought it was about train spotting
1: that's very silly of them I think because if if they looked at reviews or previews or have any idea about media at all they'd know it's not about train spotting.
0: Yeah. I think it was at the time that train spotting came out, I think mm. in that screening, two middle aged couples walked out. I think it was because they thought the film was about train spotting.
1: Well, if they're listening <laughs> um it's not about train spotting.
0: You've, you've <laughs> lost Andy C's respect.
1: <laughs> Very much so, yes. Very much so. Uh however I do find that to be quite amusing if they did right. think it was about train spotting and yeah. they went along and saw drug yeah. taking and yeah. sex and like, violence.
0: Oh this um well, what should we watch today?
1: Oh let's go and see that film <laughs> oh, train spotting.
0: Yeah, well I guess they they turned up at the cinema and they're like well what's on that we might enjoy.
1: I've heard it's got the 1837 from Doncaster in it. <laughs> oh that's my favorite train. That's, How did you know?
0: That's sad. Uh, it's sad because that's really ruined their afternoon if that's what happened hasn't it yeah well and it's too late to go watch
1: something else to be fair i think they deserve it well i don't
0: i feel sad (laughs) i feel really sad about that (laughs) (laughs) you
1: don't look very sad
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then walking out of mother i mean that just makes mother even better to me
1: it makes it even better I wonder at what point they walked out of it, though. Uh, how far they got through it before yeah, they decided, okay, that's enough.
0: You see, I'm probably misremembering. It probably wasn't even Mother they walked out of, so I won't go any further into that anecdote. It's probably a lie.
1: Well, it's a. Good, I mean, it's pretty. It's a pretty good ad- anecdote. It's like the um, the stuff that was probably stuff. made up about The Exorcist. It's not that good. Like people fainting and vomiting and that kind of thing.
0: I mean, so far, what it is is some people walked out in Mother. That's not that good an anecdote.
1: No, it's not terrible, though.
0: (laughs) I mean, I've heard worse.
1: Yes, yes.
0: I've told worse. Uh,
1: In these days of... um, We're still in lockdown, listener, so if you're listening to this a year hence, maybe, maybe you've just discovered us, (laughs) we're currently in uh, coronavirus lockdown. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, we always record virtually, so it makes no difference to us at all.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's just the rest of my life that's um, ruined. Yeah. This bit of it is...
1: This bit is the same. The same. Okay, shall I shall I talk about what bait is actually about? Okay, just to
0: say, by the way, I'm pretty much starting to. Well, I, don't, I wouldn't want to say definitely going to be feeling better from now on, but after having after feeling pretty low when it okay. all started, and mm. now, for whatever reason, not a good reason, feeling okay.
1: Maybe, um, maybe uh, you have um, Helsinki syndrome. What's that? As in Helsinki, Sweden. <laughs> That's a quote from Die Hard. <laughs> uh,
0: right. Always makes
1: me laugh. Always makes me laugh.
0: Um, I guess. I guess uh, your brain gets tired of worrying about things, and so it stops for a while.
1: Well, yeah, because worrying about something never helped the outcome.
0: No, but that didn't stop me. <laughs> normally, well, it doesn't. It doesn't
1: stop anybody from worrying. No. no. So
0: listener if you're having a hard time at the moment then uh, our thoughts are very much with you. We hope that um, things work out yeah. well for
1: you. It is it is a tough time. It is a very tough time. I think um shout out to all of the all of the people who are looking after children. Mm-hmm. Um any any age of children um and they you know those children would normally have some some level of freedom or be able to go and see their you know um other members of the family, and spend some time with them, and they can't do that at the moment. So shout out to people who are doing that because it is a tough job.
0: Yeah, yeah, keeping also, them
1: entertained.
0: Um, to people who are just in, who are feeling scared and just hiding in their home for for good reason. Yeah, and also for to people for whom the home is not a happy or a safe place.
1: Well, that that is that is worrying to me. that that's something that I've worried worried. Mm about to an extent is about people who prior to this were you know victims of of domestic abuse what are you going to do you can't leave the house and get away from the person who's been doing that to you that's very difficult mm. yep um very difficult and I don't really know what the answer to that is um at all
0: and to people in our country and other countries where that don't that have lost their income
1: yeah yeah
0: it's very yep. it's very scary and very uh, sad situation. I think I'm very lucky that all I had to worry about was feeling worried,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I'm in exactly the same situation in that I only have to worry about worrying yeah um but a lot of people worry about much bigger things than that, so our thoughts are with you yes um. In fact, you could get in touch and tell us how, if you've got any tips. I think we asked this before, but we'll ask it again. Yeah. <laughs> if you have any tips for, um, you know, coping with this very strange situation that we find ourselves in.
0: Yeah, hit us up on Mastodon or Twitter or the blog, artificialworks.net, yeah. slash goodrobotandies. We'd like to hear from that. you,
1: because as we were discussing before we started recording, we know you're out
0: there. <laughs> well, uh, some something or someone has downloaded some... <laughs> Things yeah. last month. So, yeah. if we have any listeners, and if they have any tips, and yeah, as we say, tips for movies I, to watch.
1: Yes, that'd be good. Um, as as I've said before, I know we do this for our own amusement, but <laughs> I crave your approval. So,
0: <laughs> so please give it to us. Anyway, go, I'm yeah. I'm terribly sorry for distracting you. Please, please. that's okay.
1: Um, so, bait is a 2019. Mm-hmm. British British drama film written and directed by Mark Jenkins and it stars Edward Rowe as a struggling fisherman and the film deals with the tensions that arise between locals and tourists in a Cornish fishing village against the backdrop of second homes short term lets and gentrification
0: so it is about fishing
1: it is about fishing yeah it is about fishing um But this is a very unusual movie these days in that if you think about, you know, most people, some people, if they wanted to make a feature movie, they might try and secure the funding to shoot on 35mm or maybe 16mm and they do it very conventionally and they shoot using sound or they might even shoot digitally to Mm -hmm. save a bit of money. Mark Jenkin doesn't do any of those things. So Mark Jenkin has shot it on 16 <clears throat> millimeter um, film that he has processed himself. He shot it on a hand-cranked Bolex camera. Hand-cranked? Hand-cranked.
0: So was he there turning the handle while he was yep. filming?
1: Yep. Yep. Didn't record sound, or maybe recorded a guide track onto a separate recorder, but all of the sound has been post-synced. Oh, Every well. single piece of sound has been post-synced. So oh. dialogue, sound effects, or Foley. So, you know, Foley and ADR done after the fact.
0: Whenever I notice the sound's been done later, it really puts
1: me off. Does it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is pretty obvious that the sound has been done later. Right, right, right. Um, so it has a a feel to it that is very evocative of say 60s and 70s cinema
0: yeah i mean it must presumably a lot of films were made that way at one point yeah
1: well sergio leone who made the spaghetti westerns he post-synced everything so um right although he recorded sound on set he would then go back and re-record everything dialogue and sound effects so those those spaghetti westerns with clint eastwood mm-hmm. Um, Clint is basically dubbing his own lines.
0: Wow. So that's a lot of extra work for the actors.
1: Yeah, a lot of extra work, but it does give you a lot of control over yeah. the look and feel of a movie.
0: And if you're filming in dramatic outdoor locations like Westerns... Yes. ...you can understand that that it's hard to get good audio.
1: Yeah, very, very difficult to get. And particularly at that time period, when their their sound recording equipment was pretty basic... Mm. These days, you might get away with it with a bit of close-miking, but back then, all you would have would, would be a boom camera. A boom camera. A boom microphone, rather. Right, right, right. Um, so, Mark Jenkins has, has made a movie like, you know, like the films of yore. Um, so, he's hand-cranked, 16mm film, self-processed. So, he uses his own chemicals. He doesn't buy them. He makes his own processing chemicals.
0: So And then if he messed that up, he would damage the film.
1: Yeah, so there is actually some damage on the film. Oh wow! Um, so there's like hairs and cracks and stuff like that on the film that is is there because it's been damaged during processing.
0: So has he done that because he's like a hipster, or because he had um, no choice, or what? I mean, you've got to well, trust. Digital a choice. He does
1: as as we said at the top of the, at the top of the description. He, of course, he has a choice. He could choose to find the funding to shoot it on. 35 millimeter 16 millimeter or digitally He's you could even shoot head. in yeah <laughs> so he so he likes the aesthetic of it mm-hmm. yeah um, but it does work it does yeah. work and and the um, so the plot is that this guy um, played by Edward Rowe is a was is a fisherman but doesn't have a boat. So he, um, he fishes locally using a net, just fishing in the harbour. Okay. Um, he sinks a couple of lobster pots, but he's basically living hand-to-mouth, catching sea bass and selling them to pubs and to people locally. You know, he's not making much money out of it. His brother, on the other hand, um, does have a boat, but doesn't use it for fishing. So his brother uh, takes tourists out. Mm-hmm. on the boat to do fishing trips like drunken yuppies and that kind of thing. Um, to which the character played by Edward Rowe is... He looks looks down his nose at his brother. Yeah, he's not impressed with that. Because of this. Okay. He's not impressed with that at all. Um, so they've also sold their family house to some towny folks who... In addition to buying the row of houses, have also they also own the street, mm-hmm. and they have private parking on that street, which causes a lot of friction with the local people. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- the movie is about the friction between people who've lived there and worked there all their lives, and people who are moving in, uh, buying up properties, mm-hmm. doing Airbnb. Or just going, you know, second home type people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the friction between them and those new people. And that friction is palpable and you could cut it with a knife. You know, it's really, it's always there. So when you go to the local pub, there's hassle between the locals and the, um, the towny people who's got second homes. Um, there is sort of internal friction as well so you know there's um people try and try and sort of get him to calm down about being so aggressive and adversarial towards these people but it turns out that he's kind of right about <laughs> about the fact that they're a bit of a waste of space really um but his uh the young lad that he, he has a young lad who helps him out with his fishing he's having a relationship with one of the townies kids and that causes a bit of friction at the pub as well um and all the while you've got this uh, this very interesting aesthetic this very interesting way that he shoots this so it's it's shot in a very old-fashioned way so you you'd have like a wide shot of someone walking on the ro- road or something and then you're cut to sight just their boots mm-hmm and then cut to them doing something with their hands, and then, you know, there's a lot of um, detail work of mm-hmm. what people are doing with their bodies, that kind of thing.
0: Almost silent film or, style.
1: It's very much choreographed like a silent movie that has some, a bit of dialogue okay. and some okay. sound effects. So, yeah, it's very much a, a show-me-don't-tell-me kind of idea. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of looks. There's a lot of um, tension between people looking at each other in an adversarial way, mm-hmm. very much like a spaghetti western, in fact. Right. I mean there's a lot of um in the I'm, I'm making a rectangular shape now with my <laughs> hands, but there's a lot of shots in those spaghetti westerns of Clint Eastwood's eyes. Right. right, right, right. And him kind of narrowing his eyes yeah. looking at somebody. There's a lot of that in bait. Right, right, right. Um I found that once I got used to the aesthetic and the look of the feel of the movie, I was absorbed with it. But it did take me 5 or 10 minutes to Settle down into it. Right. And get used to it because this is a film that this this film has been made in a way that people just don't make movies anymore. Mm. Um and that in itself is inter- is interesting. <laughs> Performances are really good across the board. So there's um there's a character played by Edward Rowe. There's the um the folks who are who have bought up the street and all the houses. Uh They're all very good. I mean, um, uh, interestingly, they're played as kind of uh, sympathetic in some ways and outrageously crass in other ways. You know, they're sort of fairly rounded characters. They're not just pantomime villains. Mm -hmm. Um, So you kind of have have sympathy and empathy for everyone, for everyone's point of view. But ultimately, I suppose it would depend on how you feel about the gentrification of of places like that Mm -hmm. in how, on which side you fall really Mm -hmm. Um, on how you really feel about it. Um, I really enjoyed bait. I think it's, it's a cracking movie. Um, I think the whole, the the whole hipster thing is probably valid.
0: (laughs) Right.
1: Um oh it's also shot in Academy ratio, so it's four three ratio. So old old style TV. So wow. <coughs> he shot it full frame. Um he hasn't he hasn't matted the uh the frame at all. Okay. Yeah. So it's full frame, black and white as well. Right. Full frame, black and white, so sixteen mm Does all this stuff have meaning?
0: Like is it just you know, is it just the way he decided to make the film, because he likes it, or does it have... Um, I guess maybe it, it communicates that it's a bit like a spaghetti western, if that's what he's trying to do.
1: Maybe. I'm not really sure if that is what he's trying to go for. Um, I think that it, it... If you were to make... Okay, so if you were to make this, just shoot this digitally, mm-hmm. what you would have is quite a soapy straight down the line story. When, when you say soapy, what do you
0: mean? Like was, as a soap opera.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a bit melodramatic, a bit overblown. Right. Maybe not as credible. Um, whereas the whole thing with the the particular way that it's been shot and with the post sync dialogue and sound effects mm-hmm. it makes it into something different. And okay. and quite un- these days quite unique. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah of course you could shoot this digitally you can shoot this on 35 millimeter with sound recorded on location but I don't think it would be the same it would not be the film that it is so it does have a purpose it definitely has a purpose okay for 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 being yeah okay. Um. yeah it's good stuff I mean there, I mean, on the Wikipedia page there isn't a lot of information about it really so I'm, I'm trying to remember what happens in the plot but um, um, there's a there's a nice scene when one of the townies kids steals his lobster from a lobster pot so mm-hmm. this kid's got scu- not scuba gear but he's got like a snorkel and you know mm-hmm. f- flippers and a wetsuit steals the lobster his parents know that the lobster's stolen but they don't do anything about it. Oops. Um, he finds out that, obviously he finds out that the the um, lobster pot's been broken into. He goes to the pub. This is towards the end of the film. He goes to the pub and we're expecting him to start a fight because mm-hmm. he walks in with a lobster pot in one hand and a knife in the other hand. Mm-hmm. And the In classic style, the pub goes quiet. (laughs) He walks up to this kid, drops the lobster pot on the floor, gives him a piece of rope and the knife and says, doesn't say anything. And the kid starts to mend the hole in the lobster pot. Nice. And then when he's finished, he just takes it and he says, thank you, and then just leaves. (laughs) Nice, Really nicely done scene because it, it messes with your expectations about what you think might be about to happen. Right. Um, in fact, something else, something completely different happens because there has been a lot of friction between him and the the folks who have moved in. And you see in this scene that he is trying to defuse it a bit, right. even though he would be in the he wouldn't be in the right to harm this kid, but he'd be in the right to kick off about the fact that his yeah. pot's been damaged and, and his, his lobster was head, stolen. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. He'd be you know be well within his rights to to give them a lecture about that, but he doesn't. Um, I think he's trying to show him that there's a lot of work that goes into maintaining this stuff. And, yeah. You know. Um, so, um, the film, the film ends with um, some quite shocking violence that kind of happens by accident. So, um, mm. his, the, the kid that's helping him with um with the boat gets injured in an accident. And then we cut to him and his brother and a uh, the, the young girl who works at the pub. They're all going off on the boat and all of the stuff that said tourist boat has been removed and they're actually going out to do some fishing. So it mm-hmm. kind of, things move on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and his brother kind of starts the fishing up again, which is cool.
0: Okay, so here's the question. Yes, it's a bit different this time. Okay. Uh, I have no intention of watching this. It sounds okay. Miserable.
1: <laughs> I, I suppose it is quite me. miserable. Yeah.
0: Convince me to watch it.
1: Okay. Um,
0: <laughs> you said you enjoyed it. You said that. I did enjoy. Times. It.
1: No, I did enjoy it. Yeah, it's, it's once you get into the rhythm of it. It is very enjoyable. I guess my point
0: but is not only that it sounds miserable, but also it sounds like it's not saying anything that I haven't already heard. You know, which is that, um, you know, it's horrible that these people are being uh, their lives are being made worse by people coming in and not really thinking about what they're doing and what their impact is.
1: Yeah, yeah. There is there is nothing new in in terms of the message. Right. Um, okay. it's not saying anything new, but it's saying it it is saying it in an interesting way. Okay. So, you know, if you think about a message, if you can get a message across in a new and interesting way that people might listen to, then this film does that. Right. Cuz it did, it did make me think about gentr- gentrification and how that can be damaging to a community. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Um because People get priced out. You know, the local people who want to go and buy a house yeah. can't do it anymore because yeah. the prices have gone up so much. And even, um,
0: even potentially the the way they make a living doesn't make money anymore if, um, if, they, there, if they have to pay higher rent I and mean, it doesn't, yeah. doesn't work anymore.
1: Well, yeah. exactly. And also, if you are, uh, you know, you're catching fresh fish, but if somebody can go and buy that same fresh fish at Tesco for less money... They probably will, which is a difficult thing.
0: Yeah, so it, you that's know, all it doesn't, fair enough.
1: Yeah, it talks about all of those things.
0: I'm still not going to watch it.
1: That's fair enough. <laughs> but but maybe listen, a listener will.
0: That's what this podcast for, though, right? It's to yeah. um, it's so that you yeah. can find out about a film without having to go through watching
1: it. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, shall I read you what Mark Kermode wrote about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's a big... Um, He's a he's a a torchbearer for this movie, Mark Kermode. Okay, okay. So he says Cornish filmmaker Mark Jenkins' breakthrough feature is a thrillingly adventurous labor of love, a richly textured, rough-hewn gem in which form and content are perfectly combined.
0: Okay, so he thinks the form has has meaning for the content. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm not totally convinced that it does. Okay. Um the the movie is both an impassioned PN Peyn, Peyn. How
0: do you pronounce, that? You pronounce that? Um, to what it? Means.
1: Yeah, to Cornwall's proud <laughs> past, an tragic tragicomic portrait of its troubled present and possible future. Okay. He calls it a genuine modern masterpiece, which establishes Jenkins as one of the most arresting and intriguing British filmmakers of his generation. That's high praise.
0: It is. Yeah, and I uh, haven't heard anything that explains why it's worthy of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I but think I um, I so really to, to sum up I think as a labour of love it's it's pretty astonishing
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, people don't make movies like this anymore for a good reason mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it's hard work
0: yeah it's interesting to think about it a bit. it sounds like it's one person doing a lot of the work right
1: yeah definitely and that's yeah. uh,
0: that's kind of cool I like that
1: yeah, I mean it's it's um it's not a one man band, you know, there's there's yeah. a crew. Um but but certainly the aesthetic and the whole reason for this film existing is cuz Mark Jenkins wants to make it that way.
0: <laughs>
1: so he's definitely not a director for hire. This is definitely his passion project, mm-hmm. which is to be commended, I think. And it is an impressive piece of work. I mean it's the, it, it's the kind of thing that if somebody said to you "I'm going to make it like this you'd say yeah <laughs> good <Okay>. luck <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but actually it works really well yeah I enjoyed it and it's called bait cool um, and it's available on uh, I'm just going to look up where it's available I found a, a website called where to watch um, no it's called just watch uh where you can look up where you can watch movies online mm-hmm. um and we'll put a we'll put another grid like the one we did for Wes Anderson on mm-hmm. the blog if that's okay um so it's available to stream on the BFI player which you can get um uh through if you've got an Amazon stick or an Amazon box you can get it through there uh, also available to rent from Amazon Video, from Apple, and from Curzon Home Video, and to buy from Amazon and Apple. So there's there, there's a few places where you BFI can see player? it. Uh, it's uh, the BFI Player is a, is subscription. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, you can watch it on BFI Player if you've got a subscription. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's available in a few places, which is cool.
0: Cool. Let us know, listener, and also see if you can convince me to watch it if you liked it
1: yeah I'm not really sure what else I can yeah you know, yeah. just watch it it's only it's an hour and a half long in fact it's probably well oh, that's the best reason I've heard so far 18, 89 minutes of black and white misery <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 so there you go
0: that's bait thank you very much that's okay a- any plugging
1: yeah I've got some plugging actually so this is not plugging for me but actually plugging for a former colleague of, of mine from the place where I used to work. Um, his name is Chris Whitehead and he is a, uh, a pub quiz master so he runs pub quizzes but not at the moment because um, all the pubs are closed. So he's hosting a, um, a virtual quiz on uh, Facebook Uh, It's called The Big Quiz Live, so if you go to facebook.com forward slash Big Quiz Live, that's all one word, no camel case, no caps, as we always say, or search Facebook for The Big Quiz Night In, so he's doing two of these things a week on Thursdays at 9pm and Sundays at 8pm.
0: Cool, and are they in some way interactive? Uh,
1: I don't know how it works, because I haven't attended one. Right. Um, so yeah, uh, three random quiz round subjects, 15 questions in each round. He then shares a bonus picture round once the broadcast ends for some extra fun.
0: Nice.
1: Um, if you get a Facebook top fan badge for my page, for his page, you get to help choose or vote on future quiz round subjects. Cool.
0: And so, if you're missing your regular pub quiz, it sounds ideal
1: yeah definitely so he said that uh, he got 100 people for the last one that's good which is very good there's no fee but there are optional donations to Charity Secret Santa and Sophia Community Larder which sounds like a uh, food bank cool yeah both charities are working very hard during the pandemic
0: was it called Big Quiz Live? Did you say? Big
1: Quiz Live Big on Quiz Facebook. Life. Yes.
0: Big yeah.
1: Yeah. So there we go. That's my. That's my plugging. That's somebody cool, else's cool. plugging. Cool. 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 Because um, we're good like that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, plugging for me, I quite often I do um, prayers at church. Right? So I like stand up for a few minutes and um, say some words that I wrote. Uh, like trying to lead the church in prayer. Uh, mm. At the moment, our church is entirely online. So I'm doing prayers for the next, for Sunday, the 12th of April. So uh, I think I'm going to record it. That's my point. Mm. Um, and then they'll play it during their YouTube on Sunday morning. But I might also just link to my the My Prayer bit on my Twitter. So have a look on there if you want to do that. Okay. Um, quite often my prayers are... I, I stick on there in text form, but this will be in video form
1: ah noise, so you know
0: I have to think about I have to say something vaguely positive because it's um Easter Sunday, it's all about Jesus being resurrected, yeah, so I can't just be a big downer like I normally am. <laughs> 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 We'll see what I can... But know.
1: actually, there's quite a lot to be down about at the moment.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's ideal for my style. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if you want to see how I, how I struggle to introduce some positivity, then that, that should be a treat.
1: There's always positives. There's always something positive. Yeah. Always.
0: Yeah, actually, a friend of mine said some interesting things that are quite inspiring. So I, I will try and work some of that in.
1: Well, I mean, you could talk about how... Uh the BBC have pushed up the release of Killing Eve season three. <laughs>
0: right.
1: Because kind of this.
0: Of, oh I see, right, right. Yeah. So we're kind of slightly tired of Killing Eve. Like the first one was very exciting.
1: The I think it one lost a little do. bit on the second series. Yeah, series. I
0: wasn't I wasn't sure what it was doing in the second one. It was good
1: though. what's interesting is that each season now has a different producer. Okay. So this third one has a different producer to the first and second series, mm, mm, mm. so maybe it'll have a different tone. Mm. Yeah, I thought the f- I thought the second one started well, but kind of lost its way pretty quickly. Mm. I watched it all, you know, I watched the whole thing.
0: Yeah, me too. And I think um, she yeah. is very engaging.
1: Yeah, and yeah, there's some great good. there's some great performances in it. Kim yeah. Bondia, who plays her handler, is a legend. Yeah. Yeah legendary actor Um what was I
0: going to say about ABC? oh yeah um, I'm kind of hoping they're going to put Yes Minister on on iPlayer
1: that would be cool that would be good actually Yes Minister's good I I, I thought I'd heard a rumour
0: that they were going to but it hasn't appeared if they're going to do it doh
1: but yeah yeah good show Les Min- Yes Minister Less Les Minister Less <laughs> Minister Less Ministers yeah it's good yeah
0: it is, and I never properly watched Yes, Prime Minister, because my dad said it wasn't as good, so I kind of spurned it. But I think I'd quite like to just complete the set and watch all these. Yes, I remember
1: Prime watching Masters. bits and pieces of it because I did like that show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, I don't remember it being quite as good. It wasn't quite as sharp.
0: I'm sure it wasn't, but I mean, at this point, you've got to watch them all, right?
1: The yeah, You've got to catch we them do all. Things now, got to catch them all.
0: What have we been watching? We've been watching Elementary.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: I still really like that. Mm -hmm. It's just really consistent and, yeah, you know what you're getting. Um, And we've been watching the Series 7 of Brooklyn Nine-Nine because it's just come on E4. I
1: haven't started watching that yet, so we're still watching Series 6.
0: I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's just so comforting and hilarious and, yeah.
1: I think... um, Series six is going to feel the feel the absence of Chelsea Peretti as the secretary who doesn't actually do anything.
0: Right, right, right yeah. I, I, I So the other thing we've been doing is go. We've gone back to season one, episode one to watch uh, with my son, who we now oh, have wow. decided is old enough. Um, yeah,
1: he's old enough for that. Yeah,
0: yeah, and he's like, he's enjoying. It. And yeah, yeah, and she's in it, and I'd forgotten about her and how good she is.
1: She's so funny.
0: Um, it can live without her, but um, yeah, she is good.
1: Because because she doesn't do anything, yeah. but she she just has the best pithy one-liners and yeah. really out there things that she says.
0: I, uh, uh, if you're wondering what that was earlier, by the way, I dropped a pen.
1: Uh, if listener heard that, Andy just dropped a pen.
0: <laughs> I just dropped a pen. There you it's, go. Uh, it's, from time to time, I do drop a pen. It's part of the charm of the podcast.
1: Because you're fiddling with a pen.
0: Because I'm fiddling with a pen. Sometimes I'm fiddling with something else.
1: But we don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so note, that isn't what you thought it was.
0: <sighs> uh, yeah, so Brooklyn Nine-Nine, very good. Also, been watching a little bit, slightly ashamed to say, been watching a little bit <laughs> of um, House of Games, which is uh, Richard, what's his name, with the glasses, House he's of very tall. Games.
1: Oh, Richard Ayoadi, yes. No. No, Richard... Oh, yes. Osman.
0: Osman, Richard Osman's House of Games, which is like daytime TV. I've never seen that to the max. Um and it's very gentle, but the um the question setters mm. have done a far better job than they really needed to for oh, just really? a, for just so a standard daytime decent quiz questions. show. So not only are they decent questions, they're also they're also incredibly challenging to come up with that like they did almost deliberately set themselves hard questions to yes. set. Well, hard categories, because each round has different, has a, like a, a hook to it, which is a different way of phrasing the question or, or you know, structuring the question. Right. And uh, they seem to enjoy coming up with things that are going to be challenging to write questions in that format and then do a good job of it. Okay. So that's fine. It's very gentle. I would not recommend it.
1: I don't watch any daytime television.
0: No, we haven't been watching it in the daytime. Oh, okay. It hasn't gone that bad. (laughs)
1: You're not watching um, Piers Morgan? No. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Is he on our screens at the moment? He's on every day. Oh, Really? Yep. Every day. Yep. I I thought we'd got rid of him to America. He went to America and came back. Presumably they kicked him out. Mm, Okay. Like, get out with your... Your um, ham injected with white privilege. Which is what Nish Kumar called him. (laughs) To his face, no less. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, respect.
1: Respect, indeed. Uh, Speaking of which, have you seen um, the new series of uh, Have I Got News For You?
0: I saw a little bit of one episode of them doing it remotely.
1: It's very good.
0: It, It worked okay.
1: Yeah, it's definitely watchable. What's yeah. more watchable is the MASH report. Oh,
0: really? Are they doing that remotely?
1: They're doing that remotely, but that's really good.
0: I've been really... I, I really liked uh, the MASH report before. I didn't realise it's back on. I'll have to... Yeah, I'll it's look. back
1: on, but they're all doing it remotely. Is it um, on
0: um, all four or something?
1: Uh, BBC, yeah. I oh, it's it. on BBC. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's good.
0: Excellent. Oh, still well, I will funny. Check that out. I yeah, like it's still report. funny.
1: So, you know, like the bits when Nish Kumar talks to camera, obviously they're still doing that, and they're cutting mm. away to... Um because it's not studio bound like have I got mm-hmm. news for you they can cut away and edit in the stuff from the mm-hmm. news desk and mm-hmm. and Rachel Paris and stuff like that. So I,
0: I love the exchanges between um Nish and, and Rachel Paris.
1: Yeah, they're so good.
0: Yeah. Really yeah. Really good.
1: So good. Yeah, so that's back on. Definitely worth what? a look, worth a look if you're yeah. so inclined. I am. Yeah. Um, what else have we I'm trying to think what else we've been watching We'd, we've been going for fairly lightweight stuff no we haven't no we've been going for some heavy stuff as well Knots and Crosses have you seen that oh man yeah I'm watching
0: that with my daughter because I, I read it with her I read the book with her she started reading it and we, we realised she actually needed someone to help her through it like right. to understand it and to deal with the like emotions there's of some it big stuff. themes there yeah so we read the first book together I kind of read it to her and then we talked talked it through and stuff. Mm. Um, ah, so now we're watching it and I just, I just found it utterly agony and stressful and sad for the first couple of episodes. And I think mm. I've kind of worked through all of the pain and I now know, I've now prepared myself. I've almost gone through it all already. So now we're on about episode four out of six mm. and... It's fine. You know, now everything actually is going wrong, but I've already emotionally worked through that.
1: <laughs> so my... I haven't read the books.
0: Right, 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 right. I
1: wasn't even aware that they were books.
0: Oh, they're by a famous uh, children's and young adult author. Oh, okay. Oh, I've forgotten her name.
1: My There's a feeling, whole series of books. My feeling on the TV show is it's a bit on the nose. Right. It's a bit... Uh, it's a bit obvious... In a lot of ways. Uh, 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 uh. I think it's, it's supposed to be, though. It's really glacially slow. So that first episode... Yeah, that oh, first I episode. To
0: get, I was just finding it such agony. Oh, I think it's almost perfect. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh, glacially slow. I thought the second episode was better. Uh, 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 uh. I'm pro- I'll watch the whole thing because there's some good, there's some good performances in it. But yeah. I can just kind of see where it's going to go and... Yeah. Um... Uh, yeah, it's too. It's for me. It's a bit too on the nose. But I will watch it all because it's right, decent. So
0: I would. I would suggest. Yeah, c- let's come back to it when you finished. When you finished watching, and tell me whether okay. it did go where you thought it was going to. go. Yeah.
1: Okay. Because it may not. Yeah. Because
0: I thought I knew where the book was going to go. And that isn't where it went.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll get to the end, then we'll have a post mortem on it. We
0: won't do any spoilers, yeah. but um, they—I can highly recommend the books, especially for. So there's a particular thing in the book that really struck my daughter, um, uh, but which was the thing about plasters. Right. Um, because she's she's got a few black friends, and and they're um, they're in approximately the same social group as. Mm us. Yeah. Um and I think she she kind of thought we were in a kind of post racist society. Mm. And there's this bit about the plasters and how in in the book that so the the we should say <laughs> the um the setup of the book and the T V programme is essentially that um uh, there's an alternative history and the African Empire has, has kind of oppressed Britain. So we're we're living in a society where um uh the african uh descended people and the actually african people are uh like are like a dominant in a like a apartheid type system uh so there's this scene where someone hurts themselves and they put a plaster on and the plaster is the color of black skin yep. and this was this this incredible moment for my daughter of realizing that all the plasters that you get here are all the color of white skin yeah and uh this was this was a huge shock to her that that this no, was that you know that this was the case
1: now maybe that's been driven by that tv show or maybe those series of books but tesco have just released in the last actually before lockdown they released a range of plasters in a range of skin colours how interesting yes <laughs> i
0: wonder whether it's related but um, it might but yeah, be yeah the, and what's interesting about that is that the, the hardship of wearing a plaster that stands out on your skin is not a major hardship compared with other hardships. But, um, no, but it, what but it, it says it's, it's about society... It's
1: symptomatic of, yeah. of society that doesn't see, you know, uh, that doesn't understand that. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So it... it um, and it had that effect on on my daughter. She was really thrown by it, mm. uh, which it, it's, if that's the only thing that happened through through her reading those books, I think it was worth it. But
1: yeah, it is worth it.
0: She was actually really invested in the characters, and the char- this, some of the characters continue through the other books, and all kinds more of uh, more stuff happened. Um, she really loved it. I only read that first book, mm. um, but yeah, I've been. I won't. I won't say I've been enjoying the series, but I have found it they they changed the book quite a bit, but I think they've done they've changed it in ways that they needed to and that work. Okay. That's cool. Uh, and I've been liking it. Excellent. I think it's I think it is straightforward about what it's doing because it's like young adult. It's not it's not trying to be sophisticated. It's trying to make the point that it's making.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. But if you think about you know like like the granddaddy of all the young adult stuff, which is to me is the hunger games. Mm-hmm that manages to make some quite subtle and interesting points about society and prejudice, and right. in, a less, in a less heavy ha- Games
0: in a less heavy-handed
1: in a less heavy-handed way. Right, right, okay, okay. Um, but of course, of course, there are young adult stuff that it does do it in a very heavy-handed way. Probably the nadir of that is those. Um, oh, what are they called? Uh, Allegiant and right, 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 right. series of books in that which are just dreadful.
0: Something that was interesting about watching the series compared with the book is that because of all the visuals in the t v series mm. you can't it it can't be subtle you can't gradually realize what's going on
1: no it's pretty it's yeah yeah what it's, happens it's in, in your the face book, isn't
0: it yeah what happens in the book is that you gradually realize even the kind of central thing um that uh that the more privileged people are black and the less privileged people are white that only comes across gradually and you you eventually you realize what's going on hmm. um you can't do that in a TV series
1: no that's true
0: and also it it's not so clear early on that it is like an apartheid style situation in the book whereas right. i felt like it was much clearer in the TV series straight it's
1: straight clearer back. from the very beginning in fact there's a preamble that tells you that
0: it kind of tells you it yeah so it yeah. was yeah um That was a different, there was a different sense to it. So maybe I'm porting across some of the subtlety of the book into the Yeah, maybe. The book is highly recommended. I want to say Mallory Blackman.
1: Hmm. Don't know. Are you looking it up on the internet? I'm going
0: to look that up on the internet.
1: This is where a man looks something up on the internet, folks.
0: Yes. Hmm. Well remembered. Mallory Blackman OBE.
1: Ooh,
0: she wrote like she wrote lots of famous things. Let me just find a list. She wrote knots and Crosses, um, but and some other young adult things. But she also wrote stuff for younger kids. Ah, uh, which is where I had heard of her before. Um, but not actually not a lot of names that I of the books that I recognised, but I definitely recognised her name from that from just lots of kind of fun kids books.
1: Yeah. Egg, egg. I said egg. Um, what else have we been watching? Uh, there is a show called Secrets of the Museum. I think I might have talked about it on the last. Oh, part, you, did. you did, you did, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think I did talk about that. <clears throat> yeah, nothing else really. We're trying to keep it light, apart from Noughts and Crosses. Right, right, right. We're trying to keep it light and frothy.
0: How far are you into Noughts and Crosses?
1: Uh, we finished episode two last night, so right, 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 right. we're catching up
0: okay yeah well we'll revisit that
1: yeah okay we will when I've finished it and I'll tell you whether it got better or not whether it went the way I thought it was going to go
0: yeah yeah that's what I want to know
1: yeah okay cool alright is that it? I think that's it thank you very much
0: thanks a lot see you next time
1: bye